We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> you talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. What is up, Thunder fans? That uh, that post game music still gets me fired up. It's been way too long, and I love every time I hear it, especially that Diallo part. And so, if you haven't guessed by now, you're listening to the one, the only, the Taylor Peterson, uh, number one Hamadou Diallo fan, probably. I'm back. I'm I'm full on the Hami bus. I'm excited. He's looking great. Um, had a really big dunk today. We need to get the Hami dunk take back at thread back going on the uncontested. Um, but you guys are listening to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast after a big win against the Lakers. I am joined by my fellow co-host and good friend, Jacob. How's it going? What's up? I am sitting on my couch watching Boston versus Brooklyn, drinking a Coke looking? Zero, and hammering back some Butterfinger Bites. Still eating those Butterfingers. Dude, I'm going to finish this whole damn bag tonight. Here's the issue when Jacob and I postgame podcast together, or just do a podcast in general. Uh, both of us like to talk, and so we end up talking for like an hour before we actually record. <laughs> so we get you the post games late. Sorry, guys. <laughs> or even the regular pods. Uh, that's our favorite part. So uh, he's still snacking on the Butterfingers. I love it. Oh, they're good, uh, man. Well, before we get started, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and also very proudly the official podcast of Boomtown Hoops. I highly encourage you guys to go and check out their post game video that they do that they just got done doing. Uh, they're starting to do this for each 
after each game, kind of like a post-game podcast, but uh, that we do, but a little shorter. They don't go into quite as much detail, but it's really cool because they have two or three guys, um, just kind of like a Zoom conference or a yeah, Microsoft and it's Teams. live, and it's, it's live, live right, so you can right. tune in live and and send in questions awesome and outlook. stuff and. Uh, yeah. We're trying to kind of you know plug each other, so uh, kind of feed into each other. Um, so we're really excited about that. And you might even catch our faces on there, and you'll catch some of those guys on here, vice versa. So uh, be sure to check out that, as well as the Discord. The Discord has been popping since the season's resumed. Uh, we actually have had like quite a few of you guys reach out to us, as well as the Boomtown account individually, just asking how can you get involved. So go to boomtownhoops.com, and they actually have a little emblem where you can click on it. You can get involved that way. And also be sure to check out us and the Boomtown Hoops Twitter, uh, the Young Contestant and Boomtown Hoops both have the links going. So um, all that to say, a lot of fun stuff going on right now between Boomtown and the Uncontested. It's been a great start to the season. And it's and, even uh, more stuff going on, Taylor, with Boomtown and the Uncontested. When the Lake or when the Thunder go out and beat the number one seed in the West Lakers in a, uh, a borderline ass beating. I was about to say that. <laughs> a 105 to 86, Jacob. And it, let's be completely honest, it wasn't an entirely exciting game. Like that Utah game, they just, you know, stomped the brakes off Utah. Yeah, this one, the, this one the offense didn't explode like it did in the Utah game. Not but this this one, almost even more impressive because of that. Right, right. And it's, it, that's something I have written here is that or typed here. Um, they controlled the majority of the way. And I thought the Thunder did a great job of just controlling the pace. Um, Billy continues to really impress me just in terms of his coaching. There's some timeouts when the Thunder or when the Lakers would start to go on a run. Uh, Billy's done a really good job of kind of controlling the game in that way. Um, unfortunately, I think the refs, and this is something we can get into, but the refs are kind of disrupting that pace of play. But overall, just a great win. Um, Jacob, do you have any kind of overall thoughts before we jump into some fun postgame comments and some actual themes? Yeah, so, and, and we're probably going to dig deeper into this here in a moment, but like I said, it's to me, this one is almost more impressive because of how ugly it was. The Thunder defense looked great again. Uh, they they cut the turnovers down. Like, the Thunder didn't shoot the three for shit tonight. They The, the stroke was not there. Guys like Shea, 3 of 11. Um, Gallo, 5 of 13. Uh, Dort, 4 of 11. Like, not a whole lot of efficient scoring. Uh, Baisley, 0 of 7 with a god-awful air ball. But, <laughs> a wide open air ball. I mean, they defensively against a team that's much bigger than them, they played great against LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I was really impressed. So that's, uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because I had a little more pessimistic view of the overall um, – I guess the vibe of the game. Um, I kind of don't get me wrong. I'm equally with you there on the defense, which we will dive into deeper, like you said. But um, I almost felt it was a little more so the Lakers just kind of or the Lakers stars, I should say explicitly. Uh, maybe in, even LeBron to that point, just taking not quite as seriously on the first time of back to back when the Lakers have already gotten their playoff seed basically locked in. Um, but anyways, we'll get into that. Nevertheless, the defense was fantastic, and it was a huge win, and we will absolutely take it. But before we do that, we always kind of like to start the podcast off with something a little fun, something a little lighthearted. And uh, the post-game comments today that I actually took from our very own Nick Crane, who uh, has been in on all those Zoom calls and has done a great job. Um, there's some really cool quotes I want to read to you, Jacob, and kind of get your, your thoughts on quickly before we jump to some actual things for this game. So um, the first of these... So Lou Dort, Chris Paul, and Steven were the three who did media availability after the game. 
And Lou had a really great quote. Um, just kind of shows his confidence and his swagger that he's shown. Again, we'll dive into it, but um, he played some lockdown defense. And when he was asked about, you know, was there anything different? And this isn't, you know, quote for, you know, an exact quote, but he was asked about guarding LeBron. And Lou said, I just felt like it was just another game. <laughs> that was That's incredible. That was the quote. And, I mean, Le- Lou literally treated it just like another game. Uh, I can't imagine being LeBron James and having Lou Dort guarding you for the majority of the game. And then, oh, here comes Andre Robertson back from the dead um, guarding you in between. So, pretty great. Hey, we might dive in this later. Sorry, I'm eating another Butterfinger right now. <laughs> Andre looked great defensively against LeBron. He absolutely did. Moving his feet, staying in front of the drive. And that's that's what but I'm saying. Using his did the chest same thing, and so both yeah. of them. Oh my! And then using his Billy chest to not together. let LeBron get downhill. Playing them together. This, oh. Yeah, there's this thing that Dre does. Typically, and Taylor, you can attest to this probably. When you play basketball, your goal is to cut off the driving lane and not let the guy with the ball get to the hoop. And, and so, if you're standing in front so of well me, is reading those those um well and, and being able to move laterally like that, like you mentioned. Exactly, yeah. So if you're standing in front of me with the ball and you try to go left and go past me, my instinct is to plant my right foot and move laterally left to try to cut you off. But in the NBA guys are too fast, and that's called a blocking foul every time. Instead, you shift your body like sideways, and instead of having your hips lined up with the guy you're defending, you have your hips sideways. And instead of cutting them off on the straight line drive, you almost like drive your feet down and move parallel with them to prevent them from turning the corner. And Dre does that at such a high level. Even now, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm with you. And um, again, it's just pretty incredible to think that the Thunder have two high caliber defenders like that and Lou and uh and Dre much less Ferg if he gets healthy and Baisley and some of these other guys but um anyways I, it was something else I want to mention about these post-game comments um we'll move on to to Chris Paul next you know that was kind of the only memorable memorable one that stuck out to me was from Lou um or for Lou I guess I should say but Chris Paul had some really interesting quotes as well that I wanted to mention. Uh, the first being, like, kind of early on, it seems like, in his his post-game presser, um, he was asked a question, and it wasn't about fans or anything. It was very unprompted, apparently. But he apparently said something along, uh, something along the lines of, we're just going to keep our heads down and keep fighting. Like I said, we weren't supposed to be here, as terms of, like, the playoffs. Uh, 0.2% believed in us. And that's referring to that ESPN stat that they threw up there. And there's that picture of Chris Paul, like on one of the first games of the Thunder season, where um, it was that preseason game up in your neck of the woods. Oh, okay. So that that was the the preseason game. Yeah, in Tulsa. Okay, gotcha. Um, So I thought that was pretty awesome. And um, be on the lookout for a 0.2% t shirt coming soon. Yeah, right. Right. We should that make one. perfect. But anyway, so Chris has some high praise. Um, he also mentioned his turnovers. To tell you the truth, it's a me factor. I'm leading the team in turnovers. So he obviously is taking uh, credit for that. It's actually something I have here later on that I kind of want to dive into. And then Steven just, as always, has some incredible quotes. Nick said that uh, Adams is snacking on some food in the posting press conference. I bet there's some Butterfinger bites. Hey, he might be. <laughs> he would probably split those with you right now, hands down. Um, Adam says the fact that the shot went in when he fell and... And when he looked, wait, when he fell and looked hurt. Oh, so when he looked hurt, <laughs> Stephen says he basically he went back to the locker room. Um, 
to get checked out, but when he learned that the shot went in, Steven said that it healed him. <laughs> so he was back out and ready to go. I love um, him so much. And Steven Adams on Chris Paul screening for him today. About time. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven's just the best. Anyway, just I kind of uh, butchered some of those, but some really good post-game quotes from some really awesome guys on the team. Um, just showing how much, again, this team's chemistry, how much fun they're having, and just jumping right back into it without missing a beat. Love it. Love it. They're they're a fun team, man. They okay. are a very fun team. So speaking of that, um, there's a lot of fun things to jump into. But before we do that, Jacob, we always have to end on the positives. We never end on the negatives. But unfortunately, there were some negatives with today's game that I kind of want to pick your brain on. So let's do some negatives. We'll do an ad read. Then we'll end on some positives and some, uh, some fun questions from Twitter and Discord. Let's do it. So some negatives that I saw. Uh, the Thunder three-point shooting was pretty much awful. It got a little better there, uh, maybe a little padded, you could probably say. Uh, I think they're in like the third quarter when Gallo hit some some back-to-back threes and really kind of helped the Thunder out. But still, overall, they were only 5-24 of 24 from three. Um, the Lakers were no better. But regardless, that is obviously an issue I think that needs to be mentioned, uh, especially against a team like the Lakers, who I don't think the defense was all that great. It was much more the Thunder just missing open shots. Yeah, um, especially the the three ball. They had a lot of open looks from three that just didn't convert. I thought the Lakers' defense was pretty good in the paint. They have a lot of long bodies and and big bodies to defend the lane with. But you're talking about bad three-point shooting. Baisley and Dort combined to go 0 of 8, and a lot of those, like you mentioned, were open or wide open. And I remember specifically at the beginning of the second half, Uh, The Thunder had a kick out to Dort, who was guarded by Anthony Davis, and Davis was playing like three to four steps off of him, just letting Lou Dort have that jumper, and he and he hesitated. Sorry, that's the coach. (laughs) That's the Butterfingers. (laughs) He hesitated a little bit and then pulled it and missed it, and it's like, man, they're they're not respecting his jumper, and so when they're not respecting it, he pulls up like that. He's got to bury them. He has to, and he and Baisley. Uh, just didn't look very confident in that jumper tonight. It was like they missed their first one, and each time they missed, they got less and less confident in it. Especially against a team like the Lakers. And, yeah, and which is point, the complete opposite of uh, the the thought process of a guy uh, they were playing against tonight who got his shots up while he gets his weight up. D uh, on buckets. Get my your own, weight yeah, up. My, Waiters Island. He uh, he looked bad today, <laughs> but uh, but I mean you know Dion's never hesitating to shoot a shot. Uh, it seemed like Lou and Bays kind of uh, started to hesitate and and not trust themselves as much. You know, and it's, I, I mentioned post game quotes uh, earlier in the podcast, but Lou actually had a quote on that. I don't have that one specifically pulled up now because I got off Twitter. <laughs> um, but he says something along the lines of, "I really have to get back in the gym and work on my shot because uh, that's really important." And these last two games, I or however many games, I've not been shooting the ball well. And just to your point, Jacob, uh, the Thunder's best three point shoot shooter on the team, and arguably one of the best three point shooting. Um, Big shoot players in the league, much less big men. Uh, Gallo was only two of five. Dort was zero of four. I love that he's taking those shots, but he was zero of four. Uh, yeah. Shea was one of four. Chris Paul was one of three. Baisley was zero of four. He also took four threes. Nader was one of three. Who was like you mentioned your post game against Denver? He was looking really good from outside, but he was only one of three. So all that to say, um, Thunder were not shooting the, the ball well from outside. Thankfully, they were from the mid-range and also getting to the rim and drawing fouls, uh, which we will also we'll get into some of that in our positives. But another negative is a guy that I just mentioned, Jacob, and somebody you mentioned to me um, pregame as well to kind of justify this. 
I was really hoping that when Schroeder left the bubble, this would be an opportunity for Shea to just take over and just show his leap, quote unquote. But unfortunately, um, he hasn't looked so sharp. And look, he's still doing like incredible things, but he's just, he's not finishing. He's not scoring. Um, his confidence maybe seems to be a little bit down after today's game. And I think a lot of that maybe just not having another playmaker out there like Schroeder. But I was kind of excited to see what, what Shea would be able to do being like a, a lead ball handler. And so far, he's kind of struggled with it. Yeah, and it's small sample size, you know. And, I, I'm and that's the other definitely thing. not. Good point. Th- th- this doesn't yeah, speak for the larger, you know. I mean, it, it, it's a small sample size, and I we think he'll signing, be fine. Like sounding the sirens or anything crazy. Exactly. Now, the positive of that is he's been living at the free throw line. Now they do call fouls on literally every freaking play in the bubble. Six, apparently. six from the free throw line. Yeah, but he uh, he's been living at the free throw line, getting a lot of uh, a lot of free throw attempts, which is really good. So you like that. Uh, you hope to see him finish a little bit better. There's times where his reads in the pick and roll are great, and there's times where he makes poor decisions and turns it over. A little bit of a learning process. He'll be okay, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see him come out and light it up against the Grizzlies. That's what I'm hoping for, and honestly, I just selfishly just am hoping for him to have that breakout. You know, I was hoping for it against Denver. Uh, it didn't happen, so I was hoping for it today. It didn't happen. Um, so now... Like you said, hopefully it will happen next game. Again, nothing to be worried about long-term. And honestly, I think this is probably just super critical for his growth in general. Um, but we'll see, just kind of to, to see how he hopefully can get out of this, this slump. But something else I mentioned, Jacob. Speaking of shooter, there definitely seems to be a lack of offense when one of those two point guards of SGA or Chris Paul sit on the bench. Obviously, without having all three of them, the luxury of having all three of them, I should say, Billy has to set, it kind of staggers both of them. And um, when one of them sits, it's not great. And I don't have these numbers pulled up. I don't have them off the top of my head. But I was listening to the Ringer NBA show with Chris Vernon and Kevin O'Connor, the mismatch. And they, uh, Kevin O'Connor actually brought up these stats and talked about how it was actually for shooter six man of the year case, um, how great that three man lineup is, but how bad or how much it drops when one of those point guards are sitting and how much worse it gets when two of those point guards are sitting. And we're seeing what happens when quote unquote, two of those point guards sit because shooters out of the bubble. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, and, and you can see they need a little bit more of an offensive boost, and Schroeder typically gives that to them, and it hasn't been there the past two games. But congratulations just to the Schroeder family who have brought their baby daughter into the world, um, and hopefully Schroeder's back for the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just kind of to that point, um, bench struggles. You know, that <laughs> the bench did not do well today. I think the highest scorer off the bench was uh, Nader and Diallo tied at seven points apiece. So not a great bench night for the Thunder. Yeah, um, a little bit expected, uh, but not a huge deal. Now, you want to see those guys perform better. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, 16 minutes. Baisley, 22. Nader, 17. Nerlens, 18. Robertson, 11. Uh, So that's basically your bench lineup now. Um, I think Ferg was maybe not available again today. He was out. But I don't think you're going to see him whenever he is available either. Uh, But the... I don't want to dive too much into the bench because I want to talk some positives of the bench as well. So we'll wait right. till we get that portion right. of, the, of the episode. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I'm with you. Um, just some other quick, quick negatives. Turnovers continue to be an issue. Um, and, and Chris Paul actually kind of took responsibility for that, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast. But that's something that Thunder needs to tighten up on. 
And then, they did like good, mentioned- good on it in the first half, and then the second half they kind of dwindled, yeah, and fair. It, it became a bigger problem. Yeah, no, absolutely. They end up with 13 turnovers on the night compared to the Lakers' 11, which is good that they're causing turnovers. Like you said, the defense was fantastic, but uh, got to sharpen it up on offense a little bit and, and hone it in. And then you mentioned the fouls. Uh, the refs are calling a lot of fouls, and this isn't just the Thunder game in general. But it just seems like the refs are continuing to interrupt gameplay. And this is just a personal negative. This isn't even necessarily like a negative on the game because it maybe works in Thunder's favor. Um, but 47 total fouls called and 65 total free throws. Just kind of uh, pretty excessive. And it seems like they're calling just about anything. And I don't like it, Jacob. I yeah, want to see these a guys lot play. of touch stuff and a lot of fouls that aren't really there that are getting whistles blown on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no, I I said I think I tweeted this out last night when I was watching some of these games. You know, um, the the players look like they're in midseason or even postseason form, while the refs look like they're in preseason form still. And yeah. Then, then you sharpen that up, and let's just be honest. Let's wrap this whole negative with this overall thought: a win is a win. But Jacob, this is what I was getting at, at the beginning of the podcast. It just seemed to me that the Lakers were not interested in this game. They almost treated this as a scrimmage. Yeah, I get that a little bit. I mean, but they also were like kind of. I, I see your point. Like early on, they were maybe disheartened isn't the right word, but uh, Thunder come out may, with that intensity. Yeah, maybe on they didn't care a whole lot about this. But LeBron and Anthony Davis both played thirty minutes. Good point. You know, Good and, point. and regardless uh, if they're super invested or not, LeBron James is the best player on the planet. You know, uh, exactly. Anthony Davis has been incredible. Uh, we're going to get into their numbers here in a second because even if they weren't super interested, it's still these guys are still competitors, and what the Thunder did to them defensively was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good point. I think the defense kind of set that tone, um, and because of that, maybe the Lakers shut down earlier than they would have, and maybe I, it, that's a good point. So that's kind of that perfect transition into positives, honestly, Jacob. But before we do that, if you bet on the Thunder tonight, you guys are in good shape. And we'll go ahead and tell you about our next sponsor, Bet Online AD. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally back, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it will be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, Jacob. So some positives, like I mentioned. I think the biggest positive of this game, just for me personally, and from what I, what I saw on Thunder Twitter and in the Discord... Lou Dort. I mean, that man, he's a player. He can play. He defensively, like, I think he kind of pissed LeBron off a little bit. Oh, absolutely. You saw him like, dip the shoulder down and kind yeah, of clear Yeah, they were out going at it. You mentioned Lou's postgame comment earlier that it's just another game. Um, and even though we mentioned the negatives, Lou didn't hit his threes. To me, he has a newfound confidence and aggressiveness going to the basket. He's kind of fearless on putting the ball on the floor and driving to the rim and finishing, doing those reverses, dunking the ball. I mean, he went straight into Anthony Davis. It was a charge, but he went straight into Anthony Davis with no fear. He's going around, guys. That is really exciting for me. And then the next evolution off off of that is to be able to drive off of that and then dish once he gets to the lane and he draws some help. But Or pull up. Yeah, going to the rim, though, he's looked really good. 
And defensively, he's just been incredible. Now, I have to give a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, let me find his at really quick. So I tweeted out during the game. I said, God, it must suck to have Lou Dort defend you. Dort is a, as it, Dort is a torture chamber. And Johnny on Twitter, at SGA for MVP, said, no, it's the torture chamber, <laughs> the torture which is chamber. the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey, I, I heard a really good one also. that actually got um, some love from No Dunks Eek. Inc. Um, fellow Blue Wire member Richie, I always forget his last name. I feel bad, but of uh, the Buzz the Buzzwire pod is that right? It's Buzz something. The anyway, Buzzbeat. The Buzzbeat. Buzz beat. Thank you. Um, Richie tweeted out. Um, it quoted the uh, the tweet about Lou from No Dunks. Called him the Lou Tinsel. Pretty. Solid. I love it. Pretty solid. But it, regardless, to your point, Lou, Lou's looked fantastic on both ends of the ball. Um, had fourteen points. I mean, you take that as a starter any day. And like you said, he did that while really being in a slump from the three-point line. So really excited about what Lou's doing on both ends of the floor. And I think, like you mentioned earlier, I think Lou's defense early on against guys like LeBron um, really kind of led to them giving up early, throwing in the flag. <clears throat> and uh, when you have Lou and then you throw in Andre Robertson to come in and back him up and throw him on the the best player on the other the opposing team, that's big time. So absolutely 100%. 100%. So let's talk about another big positive. Probably my side. I didn't mean to rank these in order, but I think this one probably is right up there with Lou. Steven Adams. Um, the man is indestructible, first and foremost. I about had a heart attack, and I called it the saddle cor- uh, curse whenever he his knee like snapped backwards, and I thought that it he was, was going to be out. It looked ugly. But he comes in, and it comes back in, and just continues the great dominant game that he's he's had. Really, the only game um, so far that hasn't been that great was against the Nuggets. And since you know, since then, obviously, it's only been one game. But also before that, in the scrimmages and the game before that against Rudy Gobert, he's looked fantastic. Yeah, it's been awesome to watch Steven. He's been super aggressive. You mentioned the screening; like he was going off screens and dunking the ball. He. He just had an awesome night, and he was more aggressive than we typically see him. 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, only 1 turnover. That assist he had where he was in the post and dropped that no-look like behind-his-back pass to the cutting Andre Robertson on the baseline, that's stuff that, that wet dreams are made of. Like it was awesome to watch that. He's got such a good feel, and he had uh, was it in the first quarter? He had that spin move on JaVale McGee. He like put the ball on the floor, dribbled, hit him with the spin move in the layup. Like you don't see that from Adams too much. Yeah, right. No, he just he looks more. He looks healthy. I mean, he does. He looks healthy and he looks aggressive. Exactly. Exactly. You you absolutely love to see it. Um, I've loved what I've seen from Steven and his. I, I just I hope that this doesn't. You know, I'm above all else. I'm just thankful it wasn't serious. One hundred percent. Now yes. I'm worried that like we've kind of jinxed ourselves. Like we finally have a healthy Stephen Adams. Now he has a minor injury and he's gonna be limping around a little bit because his knee's gonna bother him. You know what I mean? Yeah, it worries me a little bit. Um, you know, somebody who also worried me a little bit was Chris Paul. He came out after those scrimmages that he obviously didn't really care about and played fantastic against the Jazz. Um, and kind of put my fears to bay. But then he comes out against the Nuggets and didn't have a very good game. Again, had some uncharacteristic turnovers. And then tonight, um, he kind of struggled early on. But, Jacob, I have him here as a positive because he found his groove in the second half and looked like the CP3 that we knew before the season hiatus. He had uh, two plays where he just 
put Kyle Kuzma in the blender. Kyle didn't know what the hell was going on, and by the time he did, the bucket was already in the the ball was already in the bucket, and the Thunder were running back on defense. He had that play where he came off the the Stephen Adams screen, got Caruso on his back, and then as soon as Caruso came around to switch, Chris like hit that step back mid range jumper. Um, it was just incredible. Uh, he he is just an orchestrator in every sense of the word. Just he he knows how to run everything. And I thought he had, even though he had some turnovers today, he played awesome uh, on both ends of the ball, especially in that second half. And you could tell that he was engaged. Um, and it, you could also just tell his confidence came back when he starts dribbling between the legs every single dribble. By the time he reaches half court to the three point line, uh, yeah, he just you know, got he's, that swag. He's in his bag. Man. He's in his bag, and uh, we're starting to see that with Shea, which is really exciting. I'm excited to see Shea get back to that point. But uh, the next point that I have here, and it actually kind of relates to Shea. Shea was six of six from the free throw line, which is a huge evolution to his game. That could be a separate positive here, but overall, I have the Thunder free throws: 32 of 36 from the field, or sorry, from the free throw line, 88.9 percent. Much, much better than against the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, they were elite at the free throw line tonight. And they got there a lot. And like we mentioned, the the fouls are kind of a joke right now. Um, but when you get to the line, you got to make them. And they did a really good job of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a, a short but sweet one. Uh, great to see. And let's hope that they continue that up. Now, the Thunder defense is another positive. We've talked a lot about it. We talked about uh, Dort. We talked about Dre. And I actually have here as another separate bullet point. Dre's defense looked great. So let's just go ahead and combine those two. Uh, the Thunder defense held the Lakers to 35.2% from the field, 13.5% from three overall. Yes, some of that is due to the Lakers shooting themselves in the foot. But overall, I think a lot of that, like you said, Jake, is because guys like Dre and Dort set the tone. Yeah, they set the tone. I thought that uh, that Steven played really well down low. Um, I thought even guys like Diallo played good defense tonight. And whenever you can get that... It helps that the Lakers miss shots, right? That That's always a help. But I thought the Thunder defense was up to the task tonight, for sure. Well, and, and to your point, this is, I don't even have this on the on our outline, but something that has stood out to me since the beginning of the season is just Billy's calling great time, or not the beginning of the season, the resumption of the season. Billy's calling great timeouts. Uh, whenever guys like Dion or uh, Kuzma or LeBron or AD, whoever it was, when the Lakers start to go on a little bit of a run, when the 20-point lead became a 13-point lead, Billy's calling a timeout. Right out of the gate in the second half, when it's like a, you know, whatever it was, an 18-point lead, and the Lakers cut it down to five or to a 15-point lead within like three minutes, Billy's calling a timeout. He's not taking chances. That disrupts the flow. That disrupts their momentum. I think he's doing a great job there as well, and the defense picks back up from there. Um, so credit to Billy there as well. But somebody you mentioned there is Hami. So I want to talk briefly about Hami and Baisley. I have them here as positives. Even though they had pretty poor offensive games compared to what they did against Denver, what they've done in the scrimmages, what they did against even Utah, they showed some struggles today, but overall both continue to give some great minutes. Yeah, Hami's... Some people are going to say, you know, Hami's not that great. He's just athletic. He Hami just makes shit happen when he's on the court. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that ba- that's bad. But it is very much the opposite of Ferguson, who doesn't make anything happen when he's on the court. Hami has been out there. He's played good defense. He's u- utilized that athleticism to hit the glass. I tweeted it today. He's got a hell of a first step. He's had oh, multiple man. plays since the resumption of the season where he gets the ball and just blows past the guy in front of him. And now, like does he 
top is he two gonna, guys, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Rudy Gobert, yeah. Anthony Davis. I mean, like, is he finishing once he gets past those people? Sometimes, but he's getting past them. He's great on the offensive glass. He's a good cutter. We saw him hit a cut into the lane today, catch a pass, and just rise up and throw it down. His his ability to get off the floor that fast is just incredible. He's starting to utilize that athleticism to impact the game. When earlier, maybe this season or last season, he was crazy athletic. He like he's a top one percent athlete in the league. Oh yeah, absolutely. which a, a league that's comprised of the top one percent athletes in the world. Like <laughs> Hami is an absolute elite athlete of a human being, and he's now starting to learn how to leverage that athleticism to impact things on the basketball court. Even and that's exciting. Skill. Even though it's not pretty. The jump shot still has a little bit of a hitch. Uh, sometimes he, he's reckless. He's using that athleticism to hit the glass. He's using it to push and transition. He's using it to finish around the rim. And it's uh, he's using team. it defensively. And when he does that, he makes an impact on the court. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I'm with you. And that's that's why he's he got those minutes over Ferguson. Um, we can say, you know, Ferguson has an injury all we want. But I think Hami's still going to get those minutes over Ferg. And it just is what it is. Um, but regardless, and then also just really quick, I know we're going a little long here for a post-game podcast, but Baisley did not play well offensively as, at all. Probably the worst offensive game we've seen from him since the season resumption. But with that being said, just his fearlessness to go against the arguably best player in the league, uh, the second best, best player to ever play the game of basketball, his fearlessness to go one-on-one with LeBron offensively and defensively, played some solid defense on LeBron. Like there's, there's a lot to be excited about, I think, with Baisley. Just another kind of a brief look into his potential. Definitely. And we talked about how he's grown and how he's gotten better and he's gotten bigger. He's still young and the hallmark of a young player is inconsistency. He's not going to be great every night. Uh, tonight you saw that, but I think he, he's going to be fine. Like uh, again, I want to see what he does against Memphis, right? He struggled tonight. Maybe he comes out and he rebounds um, and has a better night against Memphis. That's the worry of young guys though is they can show a lot of potential and be good, but it's the consistency issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you're exactly right. Okay, so I'm uh, about to jump to this this last ad read, and then we're going to jump to some Twitter questions. So therefore, I'm pulling up the Twitter, right? Jacob, the uncontested Twitter. And one of our friends here, Jessica, she has a very long at Jessica with a whole bunch of numbers, but she replied to the picture that Worldwide Wob posted on Twitter of Carmelo Anthony's Instagram of him rebounding the ball, the ball, and he has a caption, um, you know, "F out of here." Basically, his his infamous um, rebounding his infamous, quote. Yeah, rebounding phrase. Somebody made it into a shirt, and our good friend Jessica made sure to tag us and a lot of other friends into this T-shirt. So I think we should all go and buy one. Maybe we should do a giveaway. <laughs> that uh, I would wear it. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Well, I'm hey, just saying. If you were to go and buy a T-shirt that you really liked, you know where you could do that, Jacob. Deal Dash dot com. Boom. Have you guys ever heard of Deal Dash dot com? Well, you should if you have not. It is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. And here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock starts restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. 
If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code UNCONTESTED or DealDash.FM UNCONTESTED. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash UNCONTESTED. All right, Taylor, I think it's time to hit the Twitter questions. And do we have Discord questions tonight, too? We do. So we had quite a few Twitter questions. And I think we had like three or four Discord questions. So uh, Heck yeah, I'll let's go, do yeah, it. We got some really good ones. So first one comes from our friends over at Thundering Thoughts, views from Laos City. Does Ferg have any place in OKC when he returns, especially how well Diallo has been playing? A great, great transition here. Yeah, so we just mentioned this. I think Diallo's got those minutes, and I don't know if Ferg's going to get them. I think those minutes now belong to Diallo, and they belong to Robertson, uh, and maybe even Nader. I think Ferg is at the bottom of that pecking order now. I think per- Ferg is down there with Burton. Yeah. No, which, I- which really starts to raise questions about, is he going to be in OKC after his rookie-scale deal? And then it makes me think about how the Thunder drafted Terrence Ferguson over OG Ananobi. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. I haven't been depressed in like four hours, and I don't want to fire it back up right now. <laughs> in like four hours. Give the man some better fingers and a Coke Zero, and he, he'll he be happy again. So yes, I, like I get the post-game pod after a win. I'm about to Boom. play some Call of Duty. I'm having a decent night not thinking <laughs> about Terrence Ferguson or COVID. Leave me don't be for right now. Don't run it, Thundering Thoughts. Next question. X Stan SGR, our good friend Hunter. Um, he's often gave us a lot of Twitter questions and things. And of that Hunter nature. is now in the Discord and, and chat, Discord. like you all should be. Exactly. He asks. He has a funny question here. Is there a chance Danny Green through the game because he's a secret Pressy Thunder operative? Well, uh, well, Hunter, if he is, I would love to see Danny Green on this team right now. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> no, fun question. Uh, it would. It would be maybe we should do a pod segment sometime on. Um, uh, we used to do a conspiracy theory segment on the pod. Yes. Maybe we should fire that we'll back up that on back. who's like a double agent. Uh, that could be pretty fun. But uh, no, Danny Green would be great on this team. He'd be great on any <laughs> team, really. really so. Yeah, right, right, right. That's, yeah, the epitome of a 3 and D player. Next question comes from... Remember the, when we thought Ferguson oh, could be a Danny Green? Oh, we actually let's, compared Let's stop talking about Green. Terrence. I said oh, Terrence Ferguson no. could be Josh Richardson, oh, so let's no. just move on. Oh boy. Okay. Um, so Potter at Potter with a whole bunch of numbers. This is apparently a theme with our, our friends uh, replying to us with their I wonder ass. if he's related to Harry. <laughs> this is P-O-D-E-R. Um, oh. Maybe he's a podcaster though. You never know. There you go. Who's going to be the pseudo six man of the year till Shooter gets back? And he said, obviously joking, but obviously, in, in all seriousness, a related question. Basically, who's going to be or who's going to shore up the offense on the bench with Schroeder being gone? That's interesting because a lot of those bench players are defensive first guys. Diallo, uh, Nerlens, Nader can score, but he struggles to get his own shot. Um, so it's it's hard to say who's going to be that sixth man, like the non-starter, especially because they basically have Chris or Shea on the court at all times. So it kind of falls on those guys. Uh, but if I had to say who's going to be the, the sixth man as far as the, the scoring punch off the bench, uh, a little bit of Diallo, who just gobbles up like garbage points, and a little bit of Abdul Nader, I think. We saw both of them sub in at the exact same time, both times they subbed in today. 
yeah, no, agreed. I'm, I'm exactly with you. It's going to be split um, throughout those players, and uh, you can even throw Baisley in there as well, like we've seen in the scrimmages and, and that first game against Utah. So Ghost of Frederick Douglass at Sea Green Monkeys. Just some great names there. How awesome is it that OKC Thunder had an undrafted rookie shut down the greatest basketball player of our generation? Yeah, I. so this is why you guys should be in the Discord. I promised the Discord chat today that if Lou held LeBron to – 15 or less points on below 40% shooting, I would get a Lutane Clan tattoo. Uh, and so I was about to have to call my tattoo artist today because Lou was locking him up. It's insane that hey, he's an undrafted rookie, Jacob? man. If the Thunder uh, win the championship this year, again, far-fetched. But if they do. If they do, we all you, get Lutane exactly. tattoos. Exactly. I'm in. You have my Let's word right it. here in the podcast. Let's do it. Throat <laughs> tattoos. <laughs> Okay, maybe not that, but I will get a Lou Tang tattoo. All right. Uh, uh, no, Luke. it's incredible that oh, sorry, he's undrafted. Sorry. Like, if, True. It, Taylor, how crazy is this? What if I flipped it around and I said Lou went 24th overall and Baisley went undrafted? Which one is is uh, a little more ludicrous? Oh, the, the, the first The reality one is more or the, that? The, uh, that is more, oh, sorry, the reality would be more ludicrous, but not, to, like, I think if that were the case, we'd be like, yeah, Lou looks like a, he look, he's overperforming for that kind of draft pick, but we thought he had high potential, and wow, Baisley's actually something, you know, we took a gamble on nothing, where it's more ludicrous that we got Baisley as high as we did um, when he was basically, a, a, and he didn't play college basketball, it's more crazy to me, just in general, that Lou went un- undrafted after being talked highly upon up yeah. until that combine. You know, it was just crazy. Crazy. And he's showing why people shouldn't have doubted him. Kind of seems like maybe, and there's been whispers of this, that second round came around and um, Lou's agent was like, look, if you're not going to take him in the second round, we're going to pick our team. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty wild. So, Loke... And not Luke, it's L-O-K-E, and I cannot pronounce his last name, but I appreciate the question. Um, I like how willing Dort is at shooting. This is a really good question. I like how willing Dort is at shooting threes, but I think he's taking a few too many so far. Is he shooting too much, or should he just fire away? Uh, That is a great question. I think when they're open like they were tonight, you got to shoot them. You have to shoot them. This is if he wasn't shooting him, he would be pulling uh, an, a pre-injury Andre Robertson. He would be pulling an earlier this season Terrence Ferguson. Where if you don't shoot them, they're never going to guard you, and it's going to shrink the floor and ruin the offense all over the place. He's got to fire him up, and so I'm glad he is. I agree. Completely. If you're not firing up, firing them up, you've lost confidence in yourself, and you're you're murdering the offense, and you can't do that. And for him to keep firing them up even when he's missing them just tells me that he has confidence in his stroke. He understands the value of putting that shot up regardless, and he needs to continue to do so. And we've seen it from Lou that he can make those shots. He's not going to make them as regularly, maybe, as he's in the scrimmages, but he can make them. And he made the comment game that he needs to get back and work on his shot. I'm with you, Jacob, uh, 100%. So two more Twitter questions really quick, and then we'll move on to our last couple of Discord questions. They're all kind of smaller ones, so this will work out well, I think. Uh, my buddy Jordan at my buddy Jordan on Twitter. Do you think Dion is still stuck in a gummy haze? And how do you think it affects his game, Jacob? This is a totally new question. Yeah, he struggled tonight. Um, I don't know. Do you think he can get gummies down in the uh, in the bubble? He, he probably has a plug. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, he was kind of all over the place tonight. My favorite call on the, on the broadcast, on the ESPN broadcast tonight was, Dion Waiters got LeBron James on the wing. 
Dion shoots it, misses. And I was like, God damn, this is like, it's Groundhog Day, man. PTSD. It's Groundhog Day. You, you can't take the, the Dion out of the waiters, you know? <laughs> you got to take the Dion with the waiters. Yep. Uh, final question, just really quick from Twitter before we jump into the quick Discord questions. Blake Lemons is pretty confident. He's saying OKC is winning it all, right? I mean, we just beat the best. He didn't say this part, but I mean, to his point, we just beat the best team in the West. And, uh, I mean, does this give you a little more confidence in a 1-4 Thunder matchup in the second round? Kind of does. Uh, maybe Kinda a little bit. You know, I, I don't who knows? Who all. knows? But get me to that second round, and I'll be very happy. Very yeah. happy. Um, I'm with you. So, moving on to Discord. Let's see. I... Oh, just a general Thunder chat and not the Thunder game thread. There's a lot of channels in here, guys. You guys need to uh, check all of them out. And nearly all of them have memes. <laughs> a lot of memes. Darian, one of our day ones. Uh, who did better on LeBron, Dort or Dre? Very good question. Yeah, that's hard to say. I think overall Dre did, but Dre also had a smaller sample size than Dort. There were times that where Dort got beat, he got bullied a little bit because he's smaller. Uh, I mentioned the the style of defense that Dre played as far as like moving his feet uh, parallel with LeBron to cut off the driving lane rather than sliding in front of him and stuff. So I, I think Dre had the better night because he had less mistakes, but Dort had more chances to make mistakes. Yeah, fair. Um, I just I was more impressed with Dort overall. Um, I, again, maybe I'm spoiled because I I love Dre. I've seen what he's been able to do in the past, and maybe I'm just like just used to. The, I don't know. But with Dort, Dort just continues to surprise me. What he was able to do against the leagues, one of the most best players to ever play the game. We need really to get Justin to, to bring back the Lou Dort Pokemon card. Yes, thread. yes, yes, absolutely. We'll reach out to him after this. Um, Daft Bison actually brought up a little more in depth question, but it really is a great question. Where are Dennis Schroeder's minutes actually going? <laughs> then he tells us to break it down. Dang it, Daft Bison. <laughs> uh, let me get out my spreadsheet real quick. Well, if you look at the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, um, it, uh, it seems like those minutes are being absorbed by, by Chris and Shay. They're playing a little bit more. Uh, and Lou, you know, because basically Dennis's minutes have to go to somebody who can handle the ball. And so those guys are just seeing an increased amount of minutes. Uh, maybe you're seeing a little more Hami or a little more Nader because uh, Schroeder is out as well. Um, but I think when Schroeder comes back, you're still going to see Hami and Nader. But maybe you get a little bit less Lou Dort minutes. Maybe uh, Shea goes from playing, I don't know how many minutes he played tonight. I can pull it up. But maybe he goes from playing uh, 38 minutes. Shea had 35 minutes tonight. So maybe he goes down to 30. Uh, Chris had 30 minutes tonight. Maybe he goes down to 28 or something like that, you know. Um, but but I think those minutes are going to guys who can handle the ball a little bit and run the offense. Agreed. And the last question from Discord is from EKU EQ. Um, he actually or he or she had a really good question for us that we I think we already answered. So I just want to acknowledge him or her for this. Uh, they don't have a Discord Avi, so I can't tell who it is. But EQ had a question and asked us, do you think this win was more OKC playing well or the Lakers playing with little motivation and not trying because they locked up the one seed, they're probably coasting now, they're also on a back-to-back tomorrow with Houston, Houston game's bigger, etc., etc. Jacob, you and I kind of answered this. Uh, We both were 
not quite on the same page, and I think we kind of came to the agreement that uh, maybe the Lakers were not going to try unless the game was close, and because the Thunder came out with such, such incredible defensive intensity, that kind of set the tone, and so when the Thunder got up by quite a bit early on, Thunder could never really get a grasp from there, and because of that, they just kind of shut it down because they're going to say Yeah, and I mean, the Lakers guys want to win. Right. Like, let's not bullshit that part of yeah, it. They, they want to win, yeah, absolutely. and I don't think it's... Uh, uh, did they not care or did they care? It's not a zero or 100 question. It's somewhere in the gray area, right? Like LeBron probably knew we've got the one seed locked up. I don't have to bust my ass and play 40 minutes and, and exhaust myself and risk an injury, but I still want to win and I'm still going to try to win. And then especially when you get down to guys like Kuzma and Diallo, or sorry, not Diallo, Dion and people like that, um, you know, it's that they're, they want to win. And the Thunder beat it. I mean, every NBA team wants to win. We know how competitive these guys are. So I, I think it's somewhere in the gray area as far as, like, did they not really care tonight? They cared. It's just maybe they didn't care as much as if it were a playoff game, you know? Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I think to that point, I actually saw some Thunder – or, sorry, Thunder Twitter. Some Lakers Twitter people talking about some issues with the Lakers that need to be addressed because there's some themes that popped up in today's game that have been prevalent throughout the Lakers' resumption of the season. So it absolutely was not just the Lakers buckling, like you said, Jacob, somewhere in the middle. Definitely. I'm with you. Uh, all right, Taylor, are we ready to, to roll this thing out of here? I think that's it. That was a, uh, a fun post game. A lot of awesome content. But guys, we have more content coming for you. Thunder at Grizzlies. Um, obviously not at the Grizzlies, but in the bubble. <laughs> they'll be playing the Grizzlies on Friday, and we will have you guys covered for that game. Be sure to t- stay tuned for that. Uh, we also have you guys covered on Sunday. Instead of doing a post-game podcast for the Wizards game, we will be doing our weekly group pod where, where we will cover that game and also look forward to the week ahead, kind of recap this week, do a fun group pod. So be sure to be on the lookout for that as well. Um, thank you for Jacob for coming on the podcast. Had a lot of fun talking this game with him. Again, a lot to be excited about for being a Thunder fan. Another thank you to our awesome sponsors, betonline.ag, as well as DealDash. I always want to say DoorDash, but DealDash. They are, uh, they're awesome. I checked out their site. A lot of cool stuff. And be sure to check out the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well as Boomtown Hoops. If you're a Thunder fan, check out the Discord. Join the Discord. Check out their post-game video that they posted. Uh, kind of a shorter version of our post-game podcast where we dive in more depth. Really excited to kind of work with them. Um, go hand-in-hand there. So be sure to check that out as well. Again, check out all of our social media. Go and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy hearing what we uh, have been providing you guys with in terms of content. And until Friday when we hopefully beat the Grizzlies, Thunder Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.